Romans chapter 1, verse number 15, the Bible says this. So as much as in me, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. So as much as in me, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. This morning I want to preach a message entitled, The Call of a Pastor. The Call of a Pastor. Let's bow our heads and talk to our Savior. Father, thank you, Lord, once again for this incredible opportunity to preach the Word. Father, help me to rightly divide the Word of truth. I ask, Savior, that you would allow me to use the Holy Spirit as a teleprompter to preach and to teach those things that you would have me to today. Father, when we walk out of this auditorium, help us to be changed more in your image that our attitude would be more like you, that we'd work on those godly attributes. Savior, as we walk out, we wouldn't be talking about a test or concern about finances or thinking about this weekend, but, oh, Father, would the Holy Spirit allow us to be convicted and encouraged and talking about Jesus Christ, the King of kings and Lord of lords. Father, thank you for the song service this morning. Lord, speak to us now. In your Son's holy and precious name I pray. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Paul wrote the epistle of Romans here. And as we approach this passage of Scripture, this is written before Paul had made that journey to Rome. This is quite an important passage of Scripture. And this is most definitely an important book in the Word of God. The book of Romans is a book that many of you and I go to many times as we are leading somebody to the Lord Jesus Christ. The Romans wrote the gospel is given many times through this passage. And so it really is a passage of scripture that you and I are familiar with. This morning, there are some prerequisites when it comes to being a pastor that I believe you and I, whether a freshman or a senior, will come to grow and to learn here at West Coast Baptist College. Yes, we could go to 1 Timothy chapter number 3, and as we look at the call of a pastor, we could begin to look at those qualifications, but today where I want to concentrate our time is on the heart the heart that should be uh, have these natural qualities already. In fact, when we talk about the heart, and as we're talking about the call of a pastor, understand very quickly, a young person today, that there really must be a monitoring that is taking place. There really ought to be these checks and balances in our lives that you and I look at when we look at our individual hearts. In fact, as I stand up here and preach today, I'm wearing what is called an Apple Watch. And as I have this Apple Watch, it's, it's been a habit of mine for, I don't know, I, I guess maybe the last three years or so, whenever uh, Generation 1 came out of this Apple Watch. But I have on this front screen here a little button that I push, and I am able to monitor my heart. I am able to monitor how fast my heart is 
beating. It monitors the beats per second, uh, uh, beats per minute, excuse me, uh, as my heart is beating. And every time, again, I, I don't know why, but it's just been a habit of mine. But before I get up to preach, almost every single time I'll hit that and see where my heart is at as far as physically. At times when preaching, it's beating fast. Or at times I feel like I'm very comfortable in a subject and I just have a good rhythm. I checked it just before. I stood up here just a moment ago and it was beating 78 beats per second. I think that's pretty good. I'm not sure. I'm not a doctor, but I asked once. They said, that's pretty regular. Now, if we'd have given the introduction, then I think we should have given it probably been like 130 beats per second you know what I'm saying but still it's monitoring my heart the word of God is given to us for you and I to be able to monitor where we're at spiritually in our hearts it helps us to understand and to see on a very uh, personal level where you and I are at if we're away from God or, or whether we need to come back or, or maybe God's convicting us about something or maybe it's something that oh we just need a warning that we're getting off track when we speak listen now watch when we speak about the heart of a Christian think personally for a moment where is your heart what does your heart say about you spiritually when you look at your heart, does it say uh, maybe you are hurting for someone that's hurting? Or maybe your heart is hurting for the lost. Maybe your heart is, is stone cold and it's got bitterness in it because you've been hurt sometime before. Maybe your heart is mean-spirited and or maybe your heart is fixed on the things of God. Whatever you were, wherever your heart is at this morning, you and I are going to use the very word of God to monitor through the life of Paul where you and I should be spiritually. Now watch for just a moment. In these verses, we find the heart of a great apostle, one of the greatest to have ever lived, possibly one of the greatest missionaries to have ever gone on the field. When he was saved, watch now, when Paul was saved in Acts chapter number 9, what I love about his life is that Paul never let up. It's not like that Paul got saved and, well, through his missionary journeys, when he got done to the very last of maybe his third, that he was tired and worn out and I'm done and that's it and let somebody else do it. No, what I love about Paul when you read about his life story after getting saved is that through his spiritual life, through his ministry that God gave him, he had the pedal to the metal. He was running a hundred miles an hour. He was always thinking and planning and uh, winning folks to Christ and preaching. And, and uh, Now watch this just for a moment, young people. As I begin to think about his heart and his desire and his ministry as a preacher, watch now of the gospel of Jesus Christ, I begin to think about who you and I are able to sit under at West Coast Baptist College. I'm thankful that the professors and, and, and the, those who are on faculty here at West Coast Baptist College, it's not that they're in the third and some of them the fourth quarter of their life, so they're just ready to slack up, they're just ready to slack off, they're just ready to coast in. No, I'm telling you, in the last month that I've been here, sitting at, in these meetings with Dr. R, Dr. Getch, and Dr. Goddard, and, and, and uh, then their wives, and, and men and, uh, like Dr. Sisk, I'm here to tell you, 
Yeah, they have the pedal to the metal. They're looking at this summer 2018 as if it is their first year in ministry and they're ready to go and they're ready to win and they're ready to bring folks, uh, uh, young students in uh, to receive their training. And I'm here to tell you, listen, young person, you ought to be thankful for the faculty that we have here. Amen? These are some incredible men and women who have a heart to serve the Lord Jesus Christ until A, they're buried, or B, the Lord comes back. How many are thankful for that today? Would you say amen? amen. Paul's heart was one that really you and I could model our lives after. If there was ever a man who had his heart in the right place, it was Paul. I love what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 11. He said, be followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. As we look at this subject and dig in for just a moment, at the call of a pastor, there are several things that are going to help all of us. Not just those who are called to be a pastor. Not just those who sit in a homiletics class. Not just those who are kind of, oh, right now going back and forth. Am I called? Am I not? I, I don't know where I'm supposed to be. No, understand, even though I'm referring to pastors today, this uh, passage of Scripture really is applicable for any anyone. Does it matter your age? Does it matter male or female? You might even want to change uh, uh, the, 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 uh, the, the points that I give this morning. Maybe not feeling pastors, but maybe as instead of putting pastors, put your name. As you and I monitor our heart today, as we look at the call of a pastor, let's dig in and look at the very heart of Paul. Watch for just a moment. First of all, we see, number one, if you're taking notes, pastors have a thankful heart. Pastors have a thankful heart. Back up just a little bit with me and look at verse number 8 and watch what Paul says here. Romans 1, look at verse number 8. Watch what it says. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ. Watch what he says. What's he thankful for? For you all. That your life is spoken of throughout the whole world. Paul's saying, first of all, here's what I want to tell you. After he gives this uh, kind of salutation, verse number 1 through 7, it's kind of giving this introduction. We get to verse number 8. He says, first of all, okay, now that I've said hello, now you know who I am, now I'm writing this. And now I want you to understand, first of all, that I thank my God. What I love about Paul here is Paul doesn't stop and say, you know what, I, I'm just thankful to God that I'm, I'm still going. I'm just thankful for the ministries that I've had. I'm thankful how God has used me uh, to plant these churches and, and to win these folks to Christ and, and to be able to help train in, in this area or this area. No, no, what Paul stops for a moment here and says, he says, I thank Jesus Christ, watch what he says, for you all. Paul had a thankful heart. If you as a Christian are model, or excuse me, monitoring your heart today, is your heart a thankful heart? Is your heart a heart that, that right now training in Bible college is thankful for what God's doing in your life? Is your heart a heart that is, is thankful for the way that God's using you, but not only you, the way that He is using others? Friend, you, you and I live in a culture today. Are we blessed in the United States? Say amen. amen. We're blessed. But you know, this is the day and age when everybody seems to complain about everything. 
It was just a couple months ago, I can't remember care, but I wrote a, a post on Facebook about it's really astonishing how good we have it and yet how much time is spent and focused on the negative. Man, let me tell you something. If you're going to be a pastor one day, you've got to quit concentrating on all the negative. Ladies, if you're going to be used of God in a great way in a ministry, supporting your pastor one day, or supporting your husband, or supporting your youth pastor, your husband, let me tell you something, ladies. You've got to have or begin to develop a thankful heart. The day and age we live in, it's this culture, even amongst the Christians, everybody complains about everything too. Tune in for just a moment, college student. Let me tell you something real quick. If all you have to complain about is uh, uh, these shoes weren't approved because you didn't get to wear your stinking boat shoes, somebody told you you need to wear dress shoes, or all you have to complain about is I want to wear uh, two bracelets instead of one, and why can we only do this? I'm telling you, if your day is spent complaining about those things, you have it pretty good. Let me tell you something, cause you stop concentrating on all the negative. If you could only see how good you have it at West Coast Baptist College, if God could only give you a glimpse, and you fast forward 10 years, looking back at these four years, five years of your life, getting trained in the ministry, I'm telling you, you'd look back and say, I'm, I missed it. I was so blessed. I was so concentrated on, on the negative and the things that, that, that I didn't get. No, develop a heart right now that is thankful to God. You and I, as we monitor our heart, we ought to thank God for every man of God that's here at West Coast Baptist College, to every Bible preaching church that you and I are blessed to be a part of, for every soul winner, for every soul won to Christ, many forget who the enemy is. Listen now, but as, as you and I concentrate on the heart, may we be reminded today that we're all on the same team. Amen. I love in the book of Philippians, it says, what then? Notwithstanding every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached. And I therein do rejoice, yea, and will rejoice. You sit there today and say, well, I'll be honest, Brother Shepherd. I'm a pretty thankful person. I'm thankful the Lord saved me. I'm thankful for the King James Bible. I'm thankful for... Husband, friend, whoa, whoa. Good, great, congratulations. That's wonderful. And we all ought to be men. Amen. But what about having the heart of Paul and being thankful for other people? Let's be honest, when's the last time you walked up to Dr. Shetler and said, thank you for being the dean of students? When's the last time, ladies, you walked up to Ms. Hodges and said, I just, want to, I just want to say thank you so much for caring for me. Dr. Shetler, are you in here this morning? Right here, Dr. Shetler, is Ms. Hodges in here this morning? Ms. Hodges, raise your hand. Not in here? I'm just saying, okay, if she's not in here today, I'll tell you something, ladies, you ought, to, you ought to thank her and you ought to thank Dr. Shetler for that job. Can I tell you something? I wouldn't want it. No way, man. If Pastor Chapel would have called and said, hey, we want you for position, why don't you come take over for Dr. Shetler? You ought to have said, uh, there's some static on the phone, sorry, I can't hear you. <laughs> Tough job right there. Be thankful for your room leaders. 
It's not easy. They got to get here early. They got to stay up late. They got to they got to do things that's difficult. Be thankful. Have a thankful heart. The call of a pastor, the, really the heart of a Christian ought to be that uh, of a thankful heart. Thankful for what God's doing. Thankful. Watch what Paul says. I thank God for you. You're known around the world, friend. I'm going to tell you, there's a lot to complain about, but there is so much more to be thankful for. Take a moment. Stop today. Walk up to someone and just thank them for their job. When you go through the line at the SLC, as they're putting the food on, thank them for being there early. Thank them for the food. Well, I didn't like the food today. Thank them anyway. Somebody say amen. Thank them. Watch this now. First of all, we see pastors have a thankful heart. But secondly, pastors have a prayerful heart. Look at verse number 9. The Bible says in verse number 9, Paul says, For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of His Son, that without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayers. Paul said, hey, I might not be there, but I'm praying for you. Hey, I might not have been able to make this journey yet, but let me tell you, without ceasing, I make mention of you always in my prayers. College student, you and I might not be able to be there in the Philippines with Pastor and the group from West Coast Baptist College or with the other hundred preachers that made their way across uh, the ocean there to be able to preach there in Southeast Asia. We may not be able to be there with them, but you and I ought to have a heart that is praying for them. Uh, you and I, we may not be able to be on the mission field, but if you're going to serve in ministry one day, you ought to be praying for those missionaries. You and I might not be able to be in every facet of the ministry, but you and I must develop now to have a heart, to have a life that is constantly praying that God would do great things. The Bible says in Luke chapter 10, verse number 2, Therefore said He unto them, The harvest truly is great, but the labors are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that He would send forth labors into His harvest. First Timothy chapter 2 and verse number 1 says, I exhort therefore that first of all supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. You as a college student ought to develop a life now that you are praying for the impossible. The greatest tragedy in life is the prayers that go unanswered because they go unasked. What are you doing, college student? Where's your heart at today? Yeah, I can't wait to get in ministry. I just can't wait to... You don't have a prayer life now? You're not going to have it in ministry. Well, I give up. Says, oh, well, you know, Bill's in command. Didn't get a job. I quit. I just, I'm so tired of getting in the same room with bad people. I guess I just give up. I guess that's it. What happened to praying for the impossible? What happened to praying for the axe to float? What happened to praying for the sun to stand still? What happened to the faith of, of just stepping out and letting the waters depart? I'm telling you, listen, college student, you have to develop a prayer life now that God is going to do something great, that He is going to use you. You don't understand just how important you are. You can't comprehend how much God is going to use you. But if you don't develop a prayer life now, friend, it just isn't going to happen. Well, God never used me. Just, just never got me through. I don't know what happened. 
I gave it all I got, but just didn't, just didn't really work out. How's your prayer life? I'm talking about more than, Lord, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for this food. And Jesus, I pray, amen. <laughs> I'm talking about more than that. Well, I didn't really get anything out of the chapel service today. How much prayer did you put into it? Excuse me. It ought to move us to tears to hear that under Larry Chapel last night, a hundred young people came to know the Lord as their personal Savior. Somebody help me out, amen? It ought, that, that ought to move us. You know who it moves? The, person, the people who pray for it. <laughs> Those who said, you know what? I had a part of that. I wasn't there. I didn't preach it. I didn't hand out literature. I didn't make the 13-hour flight. But you know what? I, I had a part because when Dr. Gedge said to pray, that was me. And I prayed. Guess what, friend? God already answered that prayer. It's having, watch now, it's having a, a prayerful heart. But number three, pastors have a willing heart. Look at verse number 10. Whoa, this is... This is getting pretty good right here. Watch now. Look at verse number 10. Making request, if by any means now at length I might have a prosperous journey by the will of God to come to you. Did you catch this? Paul is now in the latter part of his ministry. And if he says, by any means at length, I might look at it, verse number 10, have a prosperous journey by the will of God to come to you. Paul in this time in his life is not sitting back. Why watch this? He's not sitting over here, Dr. Hart, and saying, you know what, I give up. <laughs> you know what, I, I've trained enough people. There's somebody else. I, I am, I'm too much of a big shot to do that. No, no, no. You, you just you get somebody else out there. That, that ain't me. I'm telling you what, college student, I am so thankful for the men and the women on staff I mean, I, I was moved, Carrie, was I not, to tears the other day talking about Brother Weaver's schedule of traveling and preaching and getting out. I mean, he has the heart, doesn't stop. I'm thankful for that. How many are thankful for that? Amen? Amen. Here's Paul, he's not saying, you know what, I've made two missionary journeys, <laughs> been there, done that, planted that, see all this out here, yep, that's me. No, 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 you know what Paul's saying? Hey, you know what, if the Lord wills, if I'm able to make this journey, I am going to come and see you. So many young adults your age are more than willing to let somebody else do the work. Somebody else be called. Somebody else do the heavy lifting. There's a lot of college students your age right now that are sitting here and or somewhere else that's saying, you know what, that's good and great for somebody else, but you know what, that's just not for me. As a lot of traveling. Yeah, I'd get involved in neighborhood Bible time and I'd get involved in the Jewish ministry, but I'm gonna tell you, man, those guys they go all day, like eight hours in the hot sun, man. And I don't know if they ever have fruit. I'm telling you, let somebody else do that. You're missing out. I said, you're missing out. I tell you, but look, watch now. Let me let me just pause right here for just a moment. If you're lazy in college you most likely are going to carry that through your whole working career. 
If your habit is to always get up late, if your habit is to skim through, if your habit is just to kind of get by, if your habit is, you know, I don't need to study, you know, I'm right there on that border, I'm going to be okay as long as I pass, right? I mean, no big deal there. If your habit is to, how many times, I mean, honestly, I said honestly, how many times we got to ask for your name to volunteer? I mean, how many times we got to spin this wheel for somebody to be excited enough to say, well, you know what, I guess I better volunteer to go sit at a table, good grief. No, I'm talking about if you, a college student, have that type of habitual life right now, you most likely will carry that over into your marriage. You are going to carry that over into raising kids. Uh, You're going to carry that over into your pastoring. You're going to carry that over into whatever field God has you in. If that's the life you're developing now, that's most likely the life that you're going to live. Does that make sense? Amen. The habits you form today will become your lifestyle for tomorrow. Pick it up, man. Who's going to vacuum today? Well, not me. I'm a junior. That's for them freshmen. Get the vacuum cleaner. I thanked a girl. I'm, I'm sorry. I don't even know her name today. But I sat there. It's just the pastor in me. I just sat there and I watched college student after college student, after college student, walked by a, a piece of paper that was about the size of like a candy bar wrapper. Finally, some girl stopped. She just about to go, and she stopped. She, she, she picked it up. I said, thank you. She said, Pat, Brother Shepard, are you too big for that? No, no, I just want to see. See the need, take the lead, man. Well, it's not my paper. Well, I didn't drop it. Who's eating Almond Joys anyways? I mean, good grief. No, 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 just, just do it. Just, just, just jump in. Paul wasn't asking others. No, he, he was willing to serve God. Let me ask you something. Are you willing to serve God with the talents that he has given you? I mean, how many young people today are wasting the treasure that God bestowed in them doing absolutely nothing for the Lord Jesus Christ? Isaiah chapter 6 and verse number 8 says, Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then said I, Here am I, send me. Acts chapter 9 and verse number 6. And he trembling and astonished said, Here's the first thing he said, Lord, what will thou have me to do? I love the song that states, I want my life to count for Jesus. Sure, all of us can say today, Hey, I want to be used. Yeah, that's me sign me up but I'm here to tell you how many of us are willing to do what God wants us to do I'm talking about how many of us would raise our hand and say God I'm surrendered to anything I am willing you know why we don't have a lot of young people because you are so full of you God couldn't fit a tenth of his will in your life You are so full of this guy, this girl, it, the world revolves around me, that God, if he wanted to, couldn't fit a small piece of his will in your life. Why? Because you're not monitoring your heart. It's full of you. And while God is sitting back here saying, I need you. Get in the fight. Do something for me. Inspire others. Dream bigger. Pray harder. No, you are so stuck on this guy. God can't do it anymore. 
college student. I have often over the last decade of my wife and I's ministry, I have pondered the thought. I've pondered it, Dr. Shetler. Where's the preachers? Excuse me, I'm asking like, where are they? Why are we getting calls from Dr. Al Stone up in Canada saying, I got 40, 40 different groups that are meeting and they need a preacher. You got anybody? And Brother Weaver's saying, I, we don't. In the last eight years of being a pastor, I have, I have at times wept over a missionary that came in, raised all this money, traveled the country, head to the field, and a year, a year and a half later, they're back off the field. We've got more missionaries coming off the field than we've got going on to the field. I'm telling you, what, what is happening? God, you let me remind you today that God is searching for a man. God is searching for a woman to turn the world upside down with the heart that is willing. God is searching. Everybody take a deep breath. Go. Let it out. Ten people just died and went to hell. Go ahead, take another deep breath. Let it out. Fifteen people just died and went to hell. Can you live with that? Are you okay with that? Uh, yeah, yeah, go ahead, college student. Yeah, you go ahead and run the farm. Yeah, 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 yeah you go ahead and run the family business while, while people go to hell. Yeah, you go, you go ahead and go to Harvard. You go ahead and pursue your business dreams. You go ahead and join the military. You go ahead and go to community college because it's cheap. While people are dying and going to hell. And God is saying, I need someone to stand in the gap. I need someone in this city. I need someone to thunder the word of God. I need a lady there to help her husband. I need a lady to protect the man of God. I need somebody. And while you and I are sitting here today and saying, yeah, I've got a good heart. Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, so what about it? Understand this. You have to have a willing heart. And when you have a willing heart, whoo-hoo. You better watch out. Because that's when God gets in. I'm telling you, big things begin to happen. Watch this now. i got to hurry now. Pastors have a thankful prayer for willing, but also, look at verse number 11. Pastors have a sharing heart. Verse number 11 says this. For I long to see you, that I may, watch the wording here, that I may impart unto you some spiritual gift to the end ye may be established. Paul's desire was to establish the Roman believers with sound doctrine. It is sound biblical doctrine that will hold both the believer and the local church together when storms come. So many churches today in our culture have no doctrinal grounding. May you and I as students of the Lord Jesus Christ, may you and I as Christians, may you and I as Baptists be grounded in the Word of God. The psalmist said it like this, If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? Hosea said, My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge because thou hast rejected knowledge. Why are you 
you here at West Coast Baptist College? Why, why is taking a test? Why are these tests so hard? Why is this schedule so packed? Because we are training you to be doctrinally sound. Somebody say amen. A foundation that's not built upon the culture, a foundation that's not built upon a politically correctness, a, 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 a foundation that's not built upon what the guy down the street is doing. No, a foundation that is built upon the very Word of God, our final authority. Have a heart, listen young person, have a heart to learn the Word of God, to meditate, to read it, to examine it, to hold on to it. Listen while you're here. Get all that you can. Gather all the information that you can. Feast upon the very Word of God. Why? Because you, friend, are going to need it in the ministry very soon. Does this make sense? Say amen. No, let me say, try it again. If this makes real sense, say amen. You got to have it. He had, watch now, this had a sharing heart. So what do you mean a sharing heart? Well, the reason that Dr. R is teaching an incredible amount of hours every week, the reason that these men stand up, and right now I've got Dr. Getch's schedule, and I'm learning very quickly, the guy, the man, is a machine, okay? It's, it's, it's quite scary, to be honest with you. Why is Dr. Gadge standing up and lecturing, teaching, giving quizzes, tests, examples? Why, if you haven't taken apologetics yet, under uh, Brother uh, Toby England, Brother England, I'm going to tell you, you, you are in for a treat. It's, a, it's, a, it's an incredible class. I, just, I told my wife, I said, I just, I just want to go in and take apologetics just to sit under his teaching. Why are they teaching you all this? So that you will get it? but you won't keep it to yourself, that you'll go out and share it. Amen. Yep, I know the whole Romans road. Congratulations, but if you don't win anybody to Christ, what good is it doing? Amen. Well, I'm here to tell you, boy, I memorized all those verses. Well, uh, but give that guy an attaboy button, but I'm here to tell you, if you're not putting it to use, what good is it? No, Paul got his training. He got it, and then he watched. He went out, and he shared it. But also, pastors have a caring heart. Look at verse number 12. The Bible says, That is, that I might be comforted together with you by the mutual faith, both of you and me. Paul had this heart that was caring. May you and I come together here at West Coast Baptist College, understanding that we have to reach out, that you and I have to care for each other, and not because someone told us to do it, but because we ought to love others. Maybe call a shooting. It's time that you let down the drawbridge to your personal castle and turn the light on. Maybe it's time that you put off that old, rugged, unfriendly, biased attitude and understand that it is all about Jesus 
And if there was ever a place where young people could come and get away from the darkness, get away from the meanness of this world, it ought to be right here in this place with other Christians that love Him. Listen, friend, if you want to have a heart for God, if you want to have a heart modeled after one of the greatest preachers who have ever existed, one of the greatest missionaries that have ever been on the field, in the Apostle Paul, you say, yes, sign me up, that's me. Then you have to have a caring heart. Listen, man, care. I want every, you have to do it fast because I'm running out of time. I want every basketball player that played this year on the team, stand up. Quickly, guys, hurry, stand. You, you played, stand up. Go, hurry, hurry. One, and then a huge group back here, a couple over here. All the girls so far, now I can't do that. Let's do this. All the seniors stand up. Basketball players continue to say, all the seniors stand up. Seniors, hurry, guys and girls. Well, that's good. All those who have... Well, let's just say this. We have seniors. All the freshmen stand up. Go ahead, freshmen. Amen. Good. All right, sophomore, junior, stand up. Go ahead, stand up. Good. Amen. All right, now all of our teachers, would you stand up? Would you stand up? All of our teachers, would you stand up? Good. Amen. Amen. All right, now, how about this? How about all those who are of the gender male, would you stand up? If you're still sitting, stand up. And those who are the gender female, would you stand up? It's good. No matter what your age. All right. If you're left, would you raise your hand? Did I miss anybody? Let's hope not, you weirdo. <laughs> if you're standing, guess what? We're all on the same team. It means the person behind you, in front of you, doesn't matter their age, doesn't matter what year, you're on the same team, man. <laughs> so why are you acting like you're not? Care for somebody. Yeah, but you don't understand, this guy's a dork in the room, man. I mean, this guy, hey, he doesn't have the, the 3.5 GPA like I got. I mean, this girl, she just doesn't fit in. She's super eccentric and out there. And I, I tell you, just the reason I treat her like that is because, well, she kind of asked for it. Well, you know, I'm a senior. I'm an upperclassman. I'm in the master's program. And, well, that person, I mean, to be honest with you, they're young. They just came in. They're like 18 years old. They think they know it all. And let me tell you something real quick. That's not the heart of our God. That's not the heart of our Savior. In fact, when God looks at you and I, let's be honest, folks, we're not real lovely. But yeah, when I look at the heart of our Savior, when I look how much He cared, it was Him that was up there talking to the woman at the well. It was Him that was up there talking to that, that, that half-breed dog that was a female that nobody would talk to. It was our Savior that when men would walk through the street with leprosy and would cry out, unclean, unclean, it was our Savior that didn't walk around them. He didn't try to stay away. No, it was our Savior that the Bible records goes up and gives them a physical touch. It was the disciples that said, hey, get these kids out of here. What? Hey, parents, come on now. This is, you know, we're talking about Jesus here. Get, get these little kids out of here. We ain't got time for these little kids. And what Jesus said, listen, suffer not the little children and come unto me. No, let me put them up here on my lap. These are going to be the greatest in the kingdom. Listen, the, the student in your dorm, uh, the person down the hall, uh, they might not be real lovely, but you ought to care enough to reach out and love them. Let me tell you something, student. 
there could be someone that you may have a direct effect on whether they come back in the fall by the way you treat them. You may be seated. Let me say that again. The way that you treat someone could have a direct effect on whether they come back next semester. Have a caring heart. Pastors have a purposed heart. Look at verse number 13. I'm almost done. Verse number 13 says this. Now I would not have you ignorant brethren that oft times I purpose to come unto you but was led hitherto that I might have some fruit among you also, even among the Gentiles. Paul always had a goal, had a purpose. Pastors have a debtor's heart. Look at verse number 14. I am a debtor both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the unwise. Paul understood he was able to watch the martyrdom of some of God's choice servants, such as a man named Stephen. Those who died left a witness that brought Paul to Christ that he might owe that same witness to the rest of the lost world. If your heart's right, you're going to have a debtor's heart. He said, Brother Shepherd, what do you mean? I mean, when's the last time you told somebody about the Lord Jesus Christ? Well, I was on bus. No, no, no. I'm talking about, listen, friend. I'm talking about when's the last time you personally told somebody about the Lord Jesus Christ? You know, a pastor also has a ready heart. Look at verse number 15. So as much as is in me is. I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. Paul had a heart that was ready to go. Yep, Lord, whatever you say, I'm there. Young person, you ready? You ready to turn the world upside down? Where's your heart? Young person, you ready to surrender your life? What are you waiting on? I said, what are you waiting on? Call Dr. Sisk up here today and ask him if life is but a vapor. He'll tell you quickly, life's but a vapor. My daughter down here, she's asleep. How embarrassing. <laughs> Thanks for that, London. Appreciate that. I'm just going to use you. But sitting over here beside Dr. R and my wife is London, four years old. Can't believe she's four. I can't believe it. When I was here in November, it was Dr. R that said to me, he said, I'm going to tell you something. You better enjoy it while you can because it goes by fast. Remember that, Dr. R? Tell you something, college student, you're going to blink and school's going to be over. You're going to blink and you're going to be married. 
You're going to blink. Am I right? By the time you're going to blink and you're going to have kids and they're in school, then you're going to blink and they're going to be in college. You're going to blink and this life is gone. What are you waiting on, young person? Where's the preachers? Where's the missionaries? Why do we have our life all planned out like we know what we're going to do? I think it's just about time we got out the old word of God like a monitor for our heart here physically. We started checking up spiritually. I think it'd do us some good today just to hit our knees and just say, God, give me a heart like this. Because God, I don't want to blink a year from now and waste it.